Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Austin Healy, and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. On this week's show, Wales legend Adam Jones joined us in the studio to run the rule over a captivating weekend of European semi-finals and look ahead to the return of the Aviva Premiership. Here's the best of our Rugby Tonight insight and analysis from Ben Kay, Sarah Elgin and our studio guest. Okay, so let's get our guest out tonight then, shall we? A tight head prop who started his rugby career with Neath RFC 17 years ago. We then became an Ospreys legend. And over the last couple of years, we've got used to seeing him in a Quinn's shirt. He has Grand Slams to his name. He has 95 Welsh Caps to his name and five Lions Tests. But apart from his rugby, another reason why we all admire him is because of his... Hair! Correct. Let's give it up for Adam Jones. Four. Ooh. It's so nice having a Welshman in the house. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like, you know, oh, he can, like, help me out now. You speak Welsh to each other, then? I, I don't speak Welsh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you wouldn't do the Welsh accent to Adam, though, would you? Like you do to me? If, if I wasn't in a confined space, I would, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you, Adam? Good. Welcome yeah. back, because yeah, you were on the yeah. show before, of course. Yeah, it's good. Nice yeah. for having me. Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, this season's been going well, because we've been doing a lot of coaching this season as well, haven't you, and mentoring. How is, how's that been for you? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm probably, you know, the body's not where it was four or five years ago, so, you know, in weight-wise and sort of uh, knock. So, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. We're lucky we've got good props in the Quins, and uh, I've been lucky by JK and uh, Wig have given me a chance to you know, help out and uh, do bits and bobs here and there. So, it's, uh, no, it's been good. The body may not be what it was, but the hair is. Yeah, it's big, it's big yeah. thing, isn't it? It's yeah. looking good. Yeah, it's right. Brushed How much it. work does that take? I brushed it. First time in about three months. <laughs> Two days ago, so. I love yeah. it. Well, it's looking good, it's looking good. Yeah. We can't have you on the show without discussing, of course, um, the Lion Squad. Um, what do you make of it, then, for the start, that we can see it up there? What do you make of it? Um, oh, look, there's not that many surprises, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of um, versatility. I think, you know, especially in the back three and, you know, Henderson, Itoji, these guys, probably we were a bit surprised launch we didn't make it, but, uh, no, it's a, you know, it's, pretty, it's a strong squad, is it? Well, we just has to be due out there. Yeah, you mentioned launch B. Any other omissions you were, you were surprised with? Uh, no, not really. No. no. He was probably the big one, I think, um, yeah. you know, everyone sort of bet the best players in the, the you know, Britain and Ireland have been picked, haven't they? So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's a tough squad. In terms of kind of surprises maybe making the squad, um, maybe some were surprised with Kalsinka, maybe some others weren't. I mean, you work with him, uh, you've played alongside him. How, how highly do you rate him? Oh, he's, um, he's that sort of point in difference with a prop. You know, he's scrum, he's scrum and maul and the, the basics are coming on all the time. And, uh, but what he can do is 
he's an incredibly good ball carrier, he's an incredibly big hitter. And he's, uh, you know, coming off the bench, so I think, look how quick he is. And, uh, you know, he's like a little uh, little barrel in the, uh, there's me walking next to him. So he's got uh, swagger about him as well, oh, he's, he? I've he's interviewed a, him a few times. Yeah, he's, uh, he's an emotional kid and, uh, you know, he's done a bit of weight since then, but uh, he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's done brilliant. He's, he's been fantastic this year and, uh, you know, he's I've chuffed a bit for him, really. Why do you think Warren Gatlin's so impressed with him? <clears throat> I think because he makes an impact every time he's used. And I'm not thinking that Warren Gatlin's thinking he'll be the, the first test starting prop, but I think as someone to go on the bench and come on and change a game if you're being out-muscled, you know, he can do that. His ability to carry and, and make metres every time he does carry. We saw him there cleaning people out. He, he gets turnovers. So just for that, Eddie Jones has returned at finishers, hasn't he? But those impact players off the bench, I think... Warren Gatlin has a few of those in his squad that he might be looking to use. Yeah, and then Sam Warburton is a captain, someone you know very, very well. Um, he's a great leader, isn't he? I mean, what else does he bring? Um, he's not, to be fair to him, he's not like a ranter and a raver, you know, a big, you know, long speeches and long-winded, um, you know, sometimes you lose the sort of intensity of the speech. But no, what he does, he's on the field, you know, with everything's 100%. And uh, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised to captain because, because he's gone so well at six. And he's had the captaincy taken off him with Wales. Mm -hmm. I thought that might have been a, a case for not giving him it, but his form has been, you know, since he hasn't had the captaincy um, uh, out of this world. So, you know, he's, he's got a lot of leaders around him, which is a good thing for him as well. Yeah, OK, so we've just seen, of course, um, how some of the players reacted to being included in Warren Gatlin's British and Irish Lions squad. What about Elliot Daly? How did he feel when he heard the news? Uh, we spoke to him this week. It's a weird feeling. I don't know how to describe it, because you, you literally don't have a clue that you're going to be involved. Because um, every other sort of squad I've been announced in, you get called before or you, you, you don't get called. So that's a good thing. So you know, you can understand where you are. But it was literally, that was, that was the time you're going to find out if you're in the squad or not. Yeah, exciting time for these players. How did, how did you find out, Oz, back in 1972? How, uh, how did they tell you? <laughs> I, there was, uh, I had this carrier pigeon and uh, it brought it in a fax, actually. I got fax. No, no, we got uh, letters in 97. I was living with Will Greenwood at the time and uh, we got told that on, the, I think it was the 5th of April, uh, the letter would be delivered if you were in the squad. So, uh, being a light sleeper, I heard the post when I ran down, uh, saw both <laughs> letters there. Uh, Craig Joyner was living with us as well at the time and he, he was close to getting in the squad as well. I picked up Will's letter, put it inside my dressing gown and then started cheering that I'd got my letter. <laughs> he came down, came into the kitchen all sad-faced. I said, have you not got one? He said, no, I've not got one. I said, mate, you should have gone on that tour. You deserve <laughs> to be on that tour. But can you take me to the training ground? Because um, I, I want to have a few beers and celebrate. And uh, there's a big press announcement there because Martin Johnson's the captain. It says it here on the letter. So uh, sure enough, he drove me in in his, in his mini Metro, uh, W Reg. And um, it was, he was so tight, he wouldn't buy his own, his own car. And uh, he, he as we pulled in, uh, one of the TV cameras came to it because he was the only uncapped uh, player in the squad. Okay came to the window and said, well done, Will, well done. And as we pulled off, I said, mate, are they taking the mick out of you or what? <laughs> and then he got out of the car and as he got out, I opened his letter and said, no, you have been selected, well done. Oh, uh, he took it really well. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. One really interesting thing about what, what Warren's come out and said, actually, I don't know if it's interesting, I don't know, it might happen in other tours, that he's not given the boys a curfew. He's kind of said, you know, come back to the hotel about one o'clock in the morning, you can carry on drinking in the hotel if you want to. Is it, that's not the done thing on tours, is it? I don't know. Oh, look, when uh, Austin's been, there was, you know, was probably a lot, there's a lot more drinking there, wasn't it? But um, <laughs> we, uh, he was pretty good with us in the 11, 2011 World Cup. He kind of gave us, he said, come back. But if you wanted to carry on drinking, you crack on. Okay. Fortunately for us, 
England were doing what they were doing, so it made us look like angels. <laughs> so we're probably, probably just drinking as much, but it's not, not chucking uh, things around as much. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> people. Um, favourite quickly favourite party tour you've been on? Well, two Lions tours were both good fun, 97 and 2001. Uh, 2001 was more drinking to rebel against Graham Henry. Um, uh, but the best tour ever was England in 2000 to South Africa, I think, because the test squad finished on a Saturday beating South Africa, and then there was a midweek game on the Wednesday, and Sir Clive said to the test squad, uh, which obviously I was in, um, that um, he didn't want to see us until Thursday on the flight, and we said, that's fine. So we had uh, four full uh, all days. I had uh, six hours sleep in uh, five days. And Benny, you're far too professional. You didn't drink on tour at all, did you? No. Only under 11s. Level. Yeah. <laughs> under 11s. We, we had a brilliant uh, time when pre-2003 when we went down on that tour and we, we all said, why are we stopping for a week after, the, after we'd finished the games? And Clive Woodward said, oh, we just want you to acclimatise to Perth and, and get used to it for next time you're back here. And basically when we got there, he just said, right, you've got a week. I don't want to hear from you. Just go out and enjoy yourselves. And we probably had about six guys that nearly didn't make the squad because they had got injured <laughs> drinking on that, on that trip. <laughs> Brilliant. OK, uh, let's move on then to the England tour to Argentina. Hopefully no players will be injured drinking. Um, uh, with so many England players on, on the British Irish Lions tour, kind of we expected some uncaps. Um, Oz, did you expect as many? I think this squad probably was the most shocking for a lot of people, but what it does show is really good planning for two years down the track. So he hasn't really selected many of his uh, fringe players. There's only really Henry Slade there that's uh, and maybe Hill... Uh, that have been fringe around the squad in the Six Nations this season. What he's talking about is developing the younger players and finding out maybe two or three players out of those names in red that are going to become guys that play in the World Cup. He knows he's got the fringe players. There's a few surprises, really, big surprises. For me, there's only two scrum halves in the backs, which I think is a bit of a mistake going all the way over there, particularly with the game so close together. And then also I'm surprised that... Christian Wade's not in it. I mean, mm. I don't know what more this guy has to do. You want to you see him play. I think Eddie Jones sees a lot of him in the Aviva Premiership and in Europe, but you want to see him in a white shirt because no one can do what he does. Now, who are you most pleased kind of seeing in, Ben? Um, <clears throat> it won't be popular for me to say it, but Solomona, because he is quality. Now, whether you agree with the fact that people should be able to come and qualify on residency grounds, I think... Actually, he's one guy that could force his way into the, the England team if, if, if he's allowed to pick him, and, and he is allowed to under the current uh, laws. Um, so I think him, Sam Underhill as well, an opportunity to see him. We've heard great things about him. We've seen his performances at, at, um, at club and um, uh, level. So to see whether he can cut it in an international environment as well, I think that's quite exciting because England aren't necessarily blessed with number sevens. Well, let's have a look then at the weekend's European Champions Cup semi-finals. Saracens travel to so Dublin on Saturday. Not only to face an emotionally charged monster, but a pretty electric atmosphere too at the Aviva, of course. Well, some brutal physical matchups in that game. An unbelievably intense encounter. Probably the one that stood out for me was that battle of the Lions back rowers, CJ Stander against Billy Vunapola. Vunapola just had some great carries, didn't he? How how difficult is he to play against? I think when you've got someone who's sort of 20 stone, who can move like he does and as quick as he does is, you know, but he's also offering an offload, he's, he always carries the ball two hands, it's always going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, every time he carries, yeah. he's making metres. I think England are pretty blessed to have him at the moment. So, so defensively, what does that mean to the opposition? 
Well, you try to double up on him. You try to nullify him, which is obviously easier said than done. So, um, look, you try to get double shots in him, but, you know, we've got to close his space down quickly. Well, I, think, I think that's the great thing about him, because one of the things we flagged up was their, Saracen's ability to use him to create space out wide for some of their backline players, extra numbers out wide. Also, his ability to make the right decision at the line, whether he's, he is going to take the ball up or whether he's going to use those hands to, 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 to occupy the space that's been created. We used to talk about Saracens as being a negative team. The work rate of Ashton, the work rate of Billy Vunapola is meaning they're tearing part, teams apart on the outside. One of the other big confrontations that we saw, one of the other star players for Saracens, he actually got man of the match, tight head prop, Vincent Cock. Just talk us through what his impact was at the scrum. What I like about him, he's very square. He wants to go out. He wants to go at the loose head. What well, he is good, he's square. He keeps honest. He's got all his weight down. Kilcoyne. It wasn't just. I mean, a tight head rarely wins man of the match if he's just a scrummager, does he? It was some of the stuff he did around the field. You know, I, I was there when Brian uh, gave man of the match. I think he had an absolutely superb impact around the team. But in particular, some of those scrum moments, the ability to give that team a lift when, when under physical pressure you can see what an effect it has on the likes of Amaro Atoji when they get that scrum penalty makes all the difference. Yeah, it was a pretty professional performance, wasn't it, from Saracens and what a season though it's been for Munster. Finally dining at the top of the European table once more with their first semi-final appearance in three seasons. Well done to them. Now, there may have been a bit of disappointment for Munster fans after the weekend, but some good news this week. Razi Erasmus has finally ended speculation, confirming that he will be staying on as Munster director of rugby and won't be leaving the province to return home to South Africa at the end of the season. So good news for Munster fans. Right, to another Irish province now we go. Um, and it was so good to see the Irish lads back in the knockout stages of this season's European Cup, wasn't it? As Leinster travelled to Claremont to see if they could do what their fellow countrymen couldn't. I think Leinster are probably kicking themselves, aren't they, Ben? Because it was just a poor start, really. They, were, they, they kind of lost the basics a little bit and, and really well, ill-discipline cost them. Yeah, I don't know whether it was the, the emotion in that atmosphere. We know um, what the Claremont fans bring, bring to a stadium and... and um, Maybe they just felt that they, they had to match that um, physically and sometimes that can just lead to you making the wrong decisions and, and sometimes it's about how clear a mind you can keep. Leinster will watch that game back, leave in particular, uh, and know that he made two crucial errors that, for that try uh, that they scored and also for the Strathall try later on where he got caught uh, on the outside. Yeah, Adam, uh, Nigel's refereed you on numerous occasions. Uh, on the pitch, how, how good do you find him to deal with, with as a player-referee relationship? Um... Depends on sort of mood he's in. He's good. He's a, he's a great referee first and foremost. But um, it depends. Depends how much chat you give him. Right. Does he, he like? He likes the chat though, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. But if you give it too much back, he kind of uh, winds your neck in a bit. So um, <laughs> he's uh, he's um, he's a good guy. You're getting really well with him, you know. When uh, he's, you know, there's been a few issues uh, with certain things with his uh, refereeing in the past, but uh, especially on the scrum when I was playing against Gethin. But uh, he was no, he's, he's pretty good. He's, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant endorsement. Um, let's, let's, let's move on then. I'm going to talk about Ring Rose because obviously um, Levy's indiscretion and, and Para kicked the resulting penalty and that was a bit of a, a blow for Leinster. But they were handed a lifeline and uh, with Gary Ring Rose try. And what a try it was, Austin. It was a fantastic try. It was a sensational try and it, they needed it because they weren't able to bash their way through that Clement defence. It needed a piece of brilliance. And when you see him score tries like this, you sort of think, well... His name's been left out of a certain group, yeah. but there are going to be at least another 10 players that fly out to New Zealand, and he could well be one of them. He could end up playing in the test. Martin Corry in 2001 wasn't in the starting lineup. He played in all the tests and was one of the players of the series. So, oh, Corbusier. Yeah, Corbusier is another yeah. one. So, 
performances like that, whilst you are hugely disappointed, uh, disappointed with the decision of Warren Gatland, keeps you in his mind. And uh, brilliant try, brilliant. David Strathlon, obviously he's got to face his former club in, in, in the final. Um, how difficult is it? Because obviously you were at Ospreys <laughs> for years, and then you went to the Blues and, and you must have played mm. against the Ospreys. Did you find that, that difficult? Is it difficult for a professional player when they have to play against their old club? Well, we lost by 30 points, so it was, it was hard. Anyway. But, it was, uh, but no, it was, it was hard. I was sort of beneath, and then Oscars yeah, for 14 years. So, yeah, I, I struggled, to be honest. It was uh, quite... Um, we weren't having a great season with the Blues anyway, so it was, it was doubly hard in the yeah. Liberty. We, were, we used to usually stuff in the Blues, so it was, uh, so it was quite difficult bit uh, on the shoe near the foot, really. Yeah, um, and with Lawrence not being here, you can have the Stato um, tag. Uh, you've come up with some stats. You don't like that now, do you? Stato tag. Thanks very <laughs> much for that. Um, yeah, look, I, I think the stats show you how closely matched these two sides are and how they play the game uh, for the final. Clement like to have the ball. They like to carry a lot. They like to try and make metres. A lot of clean breaks, which you wouldn't really expect in a semi-final to have nine. Um, but then you look at uh, Saracens. They're more than happy not to have the ball and to look at Dom Dominant collisions, 75% of their dominant collisions is a huge number and something uh, that physicality is something one of the only sides can take to Clement. And then in defence, this is where Saris really get the upper hand. 91% uh, tackle success rate, eight turnovers, a lot of those leading to breaks and to penalties. And the big thing for me is Morgan Parra's injury. If Parrott is injured, yeah, it's, course, an, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster for Clement and also for me and Ben because we'll be commentating on the final <laughs> and Rado Salovic is really difficult to say <laughs> at night. <laughs> I look forward to that then. Now a look at the Challenge Cup and two Anglo-French affairs at the weekend at Stade Francais. Welcome Bath and Gloucester travel to La Rochelle. Let's talk about uh, Gloucester because, <laughs> because in what has been um, a really difficult season for Gloucester, they produced their best performance on the weekend, Ben. Yeah, I mean, La Rochelle, top 14, haven't, haven't lost at home all season. They've been... You know, they've been the shock package uh, over there and they're physical and big and Gloucester went there and matched them and out, outdid them on that front. Uh, Freddie Burns, Freddie Burns, uh, Billy <laughs> Burns with the, with the interception as well. But it was just, it was a real backs to the wall. We're going to come over here and do a job. And, and um, I'm delighted for Gloucester because they'd had a bad week and yeah. uh, with, with, with the revelations that they weren't going to get the investment they were hoping for and they put in that performance and, and get themselves to a final. Yeah, and Adam, Ben said you pointed out, that, that La Rochelle pack, they were massive. It was like David yeah. and Goliath almost, wasn't it? But they didn't get kind of drawn into that arm wrestle. No, I think you have to when you play teams like that. You're gonna, you, you want to run them around, don't you, as much as you can. And yeah. Especially you know, Tony and the, uh, the big set, the lock, you're looking sort of 240 kilo guys. So. The more you can run them, the better for them, really, isn't it? Yeah, Ross Moriarty had a really good game, um, but it was the La Rochelle 7 that had an absolutely, well, he had an absolute stormer. Levani Boutier, how good was he? He was superb because we've known for a while about his uh, back row colleague, Kevin Gordon, who we've seen for France um, doing this sort of stuff. It's their ball carrying ability. So, yes, they've got a very big front five, but the power comes from the back row and these guys have that same ability, same sort of football, footwork we were talking before with Billy Vonapola and the power to explode out of challenges and just get you on the front foot. And it's very, very difficult to defend and get those big shots in against powerful uh, ball carriers when you're constantly uh, backtracking. So I think that's what Gloucester did well. You've seen a really nice story about him earlier on. Well, he's actually a centre. 
He plays most of his rugby in the centre, yeah. He's only just recently, Victor Vito's moved him to the back row. He was a prison warder in a a Fijian prison. That's not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And and he he, uh, he had to keep... No, it's a true story. He had to keep keep a secret Mm. from his wife that he played rugby because she said she'd leave him if he ever played rugby. And they still together? uh, Well, it's an easy choice, isn't it? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) off he went and 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 he's living on the beach in La Rochelle and she's back in Fiji. Enjoying life. Um, Um, Let's have a look at uh, Ngovu yellow card um what should it have been a red yeah i think it should have been a red he it's deliberate he drops the elbow and it's okay if you drop the elbow and you weigh 12 stone but when when you weigh closer to 30 i think you can cause a lot of damage do you not think he could have made the lions tour because i think he's had a fantastic season I'm brilliant not, season i'm not massively sure if him and gats are like on the mates yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. the only way you get on the plane by those things. <laughs> um okay let's uh, talk about um bath then um Bath and Stade Francais, I think a lot of people, even though kind of Bath were playing away in France, I think a lot of people would have expected Bath to win that one. Um, why didn't they? Well, I think key players broke down at, at key times. They didn't perform uh, some basic skills, missed tackles, uh, a restart from George Ford, which allowed uh, Stad to get in the game. For once, it was the players that often have been the key performers for Bath this year that, that didn't at that key moment. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, Stad say another team in turmoil, obviously in a completely different way to Gloucester, yeah. pulling through. That can galvanise you sometimes, I guess, can't they? Yeah, I think, I think it's has happened, isn't it? Um, we played them and they're, they're a tough team to play in Paris. Uh, we put 40 points on the home, but it was like more or less reversed on there. But uh, yeah, it's obviously, I think, Parisi wearing the, you know, there's obviously a lot of passion there, yeah. a lot of... Um, well, obviously, they didn't want it to happen, so it's, uh, no, I think it's going to be a tough one in the final for Gloucester. So, while we were at Wasp, we thought we'd grab a word with Elliot Daly and Kirtley Beal, uh, looking ahead to the match with Quinns this weekend. We really, really want to limit teams in these next two games and limit teams in going into the semi-final because... As soon as you get into knockout rugby, if you give away three tries or if you give away two tries, it's a, it's a long way back. We, lo- we love to play with the ball, but you know, um, with that comes risk um, and we're playing at risk and, and uh, those 50-50 balls can easily um, be a mistake and um, when that happens, teams are pouncing on that and, and our transition from attack to defence is probably not quite where we want it to be. This Quinn's game is going to be massive for us, I think, if we can go down and put in a good performance. I think it cements us in that, in that, first, in that first spot. So that would be massive going into that Saris game because we, we know how good Saris are. And if they are chasing that second place to get home semi themselves, then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a massive game um, um, up at the Rico. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we've heard them say a few times that they're, they're planning on tightening up kind of the way they play. I think it's a huge mistake, I think. If it's just a message that is out to the outside world and inside the, the walls of the WASP training ground, they're saying, let's just carry on what we're doing, then fine. But I'm a little bit worried because we've seen sides do that before. They get to the end of the season, they tighten up. Now, WASP's greatest strength this year is they can outscore any other team, even Saracens in the Aviva Premiership. And if you look at Bath a couple of seasons ago, they were fantastic all the way until they got to April and they started to think, oh, we're conceding too many tries. Let's tighten the game up. Mm. They got to the final, they got a kick in. And I'm a bit concerned that you can't change. Wasps aren't a great side if they tighten their game. Are they not, up. If they're are they expansive, not just trying to the develop best. their game I, as opposed well, to. I agree with Oz, actually, for once. <laughs> well, half agree with him. I, I don't think Bath necessarily tactically did that in the final. I think they wanted to play an expansive game. They but they came against a team that 
could turn it into an arm wrestle and control the agenda of the game. And they didn't have the tools to deal with it. And I think maybe that's in the back of Wasp's mind that actually we need to be able to play in those. Knockout rugby and, prem and premiership finals are totally different tactically. They tend not to be thrilling games. They tend to be close affairs where, where it's who makes the least mistakes. But no side can out no, Saracen. I agree. Saracen. I agree. No. You just can't do it. OK, let's move on then, because you can watch uh, that feature with uh, Beal and Daly on Friday night at 7pm on BT Sport 1 HD and 4K UHD, when I guess will be Kyle Eastman. OK, let's talk um, Premiership then. Um, let's have a look at how the Premiership table uh, looks uh, at the moment. So, so much still to fight for, of course. Wasps, Exeter and Saracens all book their place in the playoffs, but fight for a home semi-final. Below them, the battle for that final playoff uh, spot continues, although Leicester, I guess, did seal the march a little bit in round 22 with their win over Newcastle. Then you'll see the battle for that uh, European spot between Saints and Quinns, and just one point separating them. Gloucester, I guess, not, not out of that battle on 46. Newcastle in ninth, and if they remain there, it'll be their best finish in a very long time. Sale on 36. Worcester on 31, safe, um, and Bristol, as we know, already relegated. Um, Adam, you've got a huge, huge match on the weekend. I mean, you, you haven't played, haven't been at the top table for a while no. now. Are you guys feeling that pressure this week? I think we've spoken a lot about how we want to be in the top six. We want that, um, everyone wants to play in the big competitions. They want to play in against your Clemont, your, um, your Leinster's, your big teams, Saracens, these type of teams. And, uh, yeah, look, we, we know what, as the guy said, we know what they're going to bring, you know, it's... You know, you watch it, you watch the players at the back and it's all very tight, it's all very hard to defend and there's a lot of options of each ball player. So, um, look, it's a, you know, she's just said and done, isn't it? But, you know, we know who, our attack when it uh, clicks and, uh, you know, ch challenge anyone. So, hopefully we can get a few uh, early scores. It'll be a sad day for a lot of Quinns fans on the weekend. It may well be the last time we see Nick Evans um, at the stoop. That is, if they don't go into that kind of playoff game for, for Champions Cup. Um, I mean, he's been fantastic for the club, hasn't he, guys? And, and we'll miss him from the Premiership. I think he's one of the great fly halves that's come out of the New Zealand fly-off factory. You know, he's, you look at Carlos Spencer, Mertens, I, I put him up there in that sort of category, along with Bowden Barrett. He's, when he was fit, and uh, he, he's struggled in the last couple of years, his age has got the better of him. Um, but when he was super fit, he was one of the quickest guys to ever wear the 10 shirt, and uh, he, he could electrify a game. The early season when he got to Quinns, he was brilliant to watch. Yeah, OK, so sad news for Quinns and also, I guess, sad news for Wasps fans. Because Curtie Beale, we know now, will be leaving them to go back home at the end of the summer, and this is what he had to say about it. As a player, you, you always want to want to put yourself forward for your country. And um, for me, I'm 28 now, um, and to, to be able to um, get an opportunity to, to represent my country, you, you just can't go past that. So um, I'm sure a lot of guys understand that. And, um, you know, if I can do it now and then maybe... Do, uh, maybe come back in, the, in after that Cup, pass. We could, we yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's definitely an option. But yeah. I think for now, you know, uh, you know, to, to wear the Wallaby jersey again, that that'll be, um, you know, a great honour, and um, and it always is. Okay, talking about Exeter, um, let's have a look then at their match on the weekend. They're facing Northampton Saints. Um, Oz Exeter Chiefs now have won their last six Premiership games and they've got maximum points. So they've got 30 points from them. No other team has won seven consecutive Premiership matches and got maximum points. Do you know that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice uh, one. Just a thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> can, will they do it on the weekend? How do you see that one going? I, I think they, well, they definitely go into the game as favourites, particularly if the rumours are true about Northampton's injuries. Pick them all. Left the field with what looked like a very serious uh, neck injury. The way he fell was, didn't look good at all. 
We believe that North's not fit and Myler's not fit. So they've lost three key players there. And uh, uh, Exeter, as you say, are playing well. But they are a little bit loose at times. They are conceding, uh, as, as we saw against Quinns, uh, some intercept tries. And uh, they are throwing the ball around. But with that, they run the risk. They can outscore most sides. Uh, and they're quite happy to go 20, 30 phases before a try, which makes them very, very dangerous. Yeah. And it's all about hitting like hitting your strides at just the right time. I mean, Saracens have done it for years, haven't they? And Exeter seem to have nailed it now. They're a real good team. I didn't, I can't say, I wasn't massively sure about them until they played up here. They're, they're a hell of a good team. We played them in the LV and they wasn't in their first team. And it was so hard to defend. And as I said, the phases they go through, I was, mm. I was ready to retire halfway through the first half. <laughs> I was gone, honestly. And, and they showed the other night when they played us, uh, they were just pulled away then that uh, last bit of the second half. And a tough team to play against, very tough. Uh, what about Northampton this season? Because it's been a bit of an up and down season for them. It's just been a little bit inconsistent. Why do you think that is? Um, they've been better towards the back end of the season, actually, but they had that dip in mid-season, which really affected them. They struggled to get out of. Um, they're still not 100% right. They, they, they look good. They look at their best in broken field when they get a half break or something, and then suddenly they look back to the, the normal old Northampton that we're used to. Where they don't look so good is when there's a brick wall in front of them and they almost seem to run out of ideas a little bit. So, um, you know, as Austin said, if, they, if Pick and Moles isn't fit, he was the guy that could break down that brick, brick wall, get them on the front foot. And, and then the likes of um, PC Burrell, they can then feed off, off him. So I, I, I agree with Austin. I think, think uh, Pick and Mole in particular not playing is, is a huge loss for Northampton. Let's move on to the West Country derby then, um, as Bath played Gloucester. Bath's only victory in the last five rounds of Premiership Rugby was a 27-21 win over Leicester Tigers at Twickenham. So they're now four points behind Leicester. How much of an uphill battle do they face us to get into these playoffs? Well, it is uphill. It's in Leicester's hands. If Leicester win both their remaining games, they go through in fourth. Their second game is against Worcester away, which I think is a tough place to go and play at the minute. Um, so that's not a given. Um, but if Bath can get a win, and you do sense, I mean, we've all been there when you've lost the week before, right at the end of the game, it really gnarls at you and it, it, you get a chance to put it right the following week. And that's why I think Gloucester had a really good win, but they expended so much emotional energy in that game that I think it'd be very difficult for them to go down to the wreck and Just get a win. Whether whether a bonus point as well would put massive yeah, pressure on Leicester because be okay, yeah. when they were even, Leicester were ahead of them on, on the other qualifications. So if, if they get a five-pointer against Gloucester, I know it's a big ask against their, their rivals. If they can get that, suddenly all the pressure sort of swings back onto Leicester. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's kind of what you were saying about Bath, that it will really gnarl at them after losing that game. So is, is it kind of like the opposite for Gloucester? I mean, they obviously won in a good battle against La Rochelle. So will they have been enjoying a little bit this week? Does it kind of work the other way? Or? It was a high, isn't it, you have? And this yeah. is, it is sometimes... Because going out there to the top 14 uh, leaders, it's a massive win. You know, we, I don't think they're not going to rest in their laurels. They're not going to be uh, complacent or anything. But, you know, it's, it's tough then to reach that sort of uh, standard and level and emotional energy again. OK, so all round 21 matches then will be dedicated to Restart Rugby this weekend, the official charity of the RPA and the Lift the Weight campaign. The Restart Rugby weekend aims to raise £10,000 for the charity work supporting current and former professional rugby players suffering from serious injury, illness or hardship, while also raising awareness for the Lift the Weight campaign, which we've spoken about on this programme a few weeks ago. And that aims to reduce the stigma surrounding mental health issues. Um, Let's go prim predictions then, shall we? Shall we have a look? What you guys are, uh, think is going to happen this weekend? Let's have a look. Oh, OK. So you've disagreed with Queen's Wasps and uh, Newcastle Worcester. Benny? Yeah, I think New Newcastle at home. Um, 
Worcester finally knowing that they're safe and, and don't have that, I just think the Falcons, although they, they are just starting to tail off a little bit on their form, I think they'll want to go out with a bang. Um, and then the other one that we disagreed on, uh, Harlequins and Wasps, uh, for all, I know what Austin's going to say, but I think, Harle uh, I think Wasps will be wanting to go out as the number one team and uh, make sure that they are top of the league at the end of the season. Us? I just think the Quinns-Wasps game is going to be a lot tighter than people probably think because Quinns owe their supporters and the club a good performance down at the Stoop on the Friday night. And uh, they've been, I think, quite frustrated over the last few weeks and sometimes that brings out the best in you. And, as we said, it's Nick Evans' last game and strangely, Quinns seem to pull things out when situations like that arise. Adam, Quinns or Wasps? I'm only joking. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be back again soon. See you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.